All right, so we're here for the interview. Uh, this is Hank, and uh, who, who are you? Who are you, stranger? I am Gregor Martin. Oh, and what do you do? I am a lab supervisor. I work at Stanton Optical. I make uh, glasses for people, single vision, bifocals, progressives, trifocals, uh, pretty much the, any eyeglass ever. And I go from the extent of making the glasses to people coming in and troubleshooting the people that got glasses from someplace else, saying they can't see out of them, making uh, fixes to any glasses if there's anything wrong with the glasses, and uh, basically more of just the science behind making them and the customer satisfaction, and as far as making sure anyone that comes in fixing anything that's wrong with them or figuring if they need to be rechecked by the optometrist because their vision that it was prescribed was incorrect. Okay, and uh, what would you say, uh, what are a couple of things that you say you would uh, use most from STEM? Like science, engineering, mathematics, which one would you say is most common in your life? I would say most common would be mathematics and physics. Mathematics more with just the machinery because we use the lensometer and there, you have to mathematically equate uh, people's prescriptions for how much sphere or cylinder or axis they need because some uh, eye doctors, when they give their prescriptions, they'll have like a positive sill and then you have to transcribe that over. And then a lot of physics on the aspect of people coming in and someone will have a prism that's more of an advanced eye problem with how you need the lens to be and you need to know how to calculate that as far as making the glasses correctly so everything checks out as far as what the doctor prescribed to what I need to make for the patient. Alright, and what would you say your favorite part of the job is? Favorite part of the job is definitely help like when you make the glasses and they and they go out, you hand them to the patient and they're just like, oh, this is amazing because they're used to not seeing at all or their vision's a lot worse than they thought. And then when they have that fresh vision, they're just they're just so happy about it. Or when people come in and they're not seeing well and you can make that little fix because you know about what to fix and just that little fix just changed their whole perception of what they see on a day-to-day -day basis. Ah, and uh, how would you say your job has affected your general outlook on the world? Uh, I would say it makes me feel more respective on how America can give vision to people or how uh, we can help people get vision for versus other countries that just don't have access to it and just live without it entirely. And so for me not having vision until I was around 12 because I just didn't know my vision was bad because I just lived with that so long, knowing that there's people that live their whole life like that, I feel like amazed, like, like just super grateful that we can give that experience of vision to people in our community and that it's something that America has. Ah. And uh, what would you say... If somebody told you that they wanted to enter your profession, um, what's, some what's some advice that you would give them? I would say a lot of knowing the profession is wanting to know, like, if you're going into this, you'd want to, instead of just knowing what you need to know, you need to know why you know it and how to apply it. Because when I was first starting way back, it was just, oh, you need to know how to do this, run this in the machine. And initially, you would, you would just know the surface, 
And it comes down to a lot of if you're wanting to pursue something like this, you want to know how to why this is doing this because once you know why and how everything happens, it's way easier when someone comes in with a eye problem saying, oh, I can't see out of these with distance. The uh, with my reader, it's a little weird, and you're saying, oh, that's your uh, your seg heights off or something. Just knowing exactly, just based off of that, and uh, being able to help people just by knowing more in depth on what you're doing. So just generally like gain as much knowledge as you can mm -hmm. on the subject just, beforehand. Just exactly, absorb as much as you can, <laughs> and then when you, it's sometimes like I feel like with any science profession. You're given so much, even with like, oh, this is how much we can teach you. This is how much, there's so much hands-on that you get because everyone's different on what they see or how they're seeing it or what problems that they have. And that, that's uh, like even with the health system, like, oh, I'm coming in and I, I have this or my vision's kind of weird. And with the optometrist, they're thinking, oh, is that cataracts or is that something like this? And it's almost the same type of assessment when someone comes in with a pair of glasses and they're having trouble with it, you kind of need to run through everything and be like, oh, these are the three most likely problems. I'll kind of run through these. And so knowing that depth, if you didn't have that, you'd just be like, oh, where to start? You know, because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I was taught this and this and this, but that's not really helping me in this area of what their problem is. But just knowing that you can connect the dots and everything makes sense at some point and it makes a holistic approach on how to help the patient is what I would be is the takeaway for what someone would need to know or expect that they need to get into to be able to help patients effectively. Okay. So you think like a lot of it just comes with practice and... Mm -hmm. a, a lot of it comes with practice and even with... Uh, I speak a lot about optometrists because that's like something I'm planning on going to do, but with optometrists, right when they get out of optometry school, they're so book smart on how they're approaching things and even with making glasses you're like oh i know how to make these glasses perfect but there's just there's so much that goes into the whole thing of the customer satisfaction and making sure that you can give them the best glasses or the best vision possible that it's super important to know all aspects yeah. okay and uh just uh just to give it a little bit more lighthearted, what would you say your favorite prehistoric creature would be a uh, prehistoric creature, Ooh, that is tough. I would have to go with, no, pterodactyls are pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I'm going to go with the T-Rex because I've heard, I don't know if it's true, that chickens are related to them uh, in some form, but I'm totally wrong. Kind of, some ancestry. Kind of. It's just like through it, more related to dinosaurs on the whole mm -hmm. as like a general thing not mm -hmm. specific to any species as far as i know and i'd have to go yeah t-rex definitely because their arms are super short and they somehow dominated in, yeah. in their era so <laughs> props to them <laughs> yeah one one of the cool things that they actually found about the relation between uh chickens and dinosaurs is that if you turn off the right genes and you turn on the other ones mm -hmm. you can actually get them to develop more uh dinosaur features wow. like lose the feathers more of a, a predatory head shape loss of the beak mm -hmm. stronger 
legs. And I, I have also heard that originally people are thinking like dinosaurs have this super, like when you think of a dinosaur roaring, it's like some huge, like almost a lion roar type of thing, booming. Mm-hmm. But then they're looking at the, like the throat muscles and the larynx and they're like, oh, it's probably more of like a squeak or a high pitch sound based off of that. And I was like, that's, that's crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah. There was um one where they did the study on the Tyrannosaurus actually. And they found that it's, I, I might be messing up what part it was, but I want to say it was like the trachea, the way it was formed. It wouldn't actually create like a roar. Mm-hmm. It'd be more like a really low pitched, just rumble. Whoa. Which I think would be a lot scarier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just almost making seismic earthquakes off of uh, the ocean floor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. What mm-hmm. would you? What's your degree in? Where did you graduate from? So I have a degree in biology science, and I graduated from NNU. All righty. And would you say, like, in all of your NNU experience and like before, um, have you ever licked an eyeball in like any given situation? Since you're like so close to him every day. I'd say that um, when I was dissecting smaller animals, not like nothing with cadavers, that I ended up getting some eyeball fluid on me, but never my tongue touching an eyeball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been pretty close to eyeballs. <laughs> Just think about that next time you're close to one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really scare the patient. Yeah. <laughs> Start opening your mouth when. They... <laughs> Oh, your glasses look really weird. I really need to adopt this up close, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what would you say the hardest part about your job is, aside from refraining yourself? The, har- the hardest part of the job would probably be when someone is given the wrong prescription and they their eyes get used to it. And so they'll go somewhere and something will be off on some measurement on the lens and they're used to it. And then you make the glasses perfect, and they're saying, I can't see out of them. And it's just because the muscles that work with the eye, they get so used to things. Like, even people that don't wear glasses, they're wearing glasses, they don't wear glasses, they get their first pair of glasses, have a pretty high prescription. They're like, hey, yeah, I'm having some trouble seeing it. It takes them sometimes 10 minutes to maybe the next two days to adjust. And so people that have the wrong prescription, they've been wearing it for two years, if they come mm-hmm. in every two years or every year, it's really hard for them to adjust to the newer glasses that are actually correct and best for their eye and to explain that to them to be like, yeah, these measurements were off before. These are precise. I double checked them in the lensometer. Everything's perfect. And even though it's really hard to adjust to, like this is going to be best for your vision overall. And to explain that to them, even though they're having trouble with it, they kind of, it, they get a little upset about it sometimes because they're just like, oh, I want to be able to see, which is the whole reason you're helping them. So I feel like that <laughs> is the biggest struggle because it's it makes it the patients feel like they're not being assisted to, even though you're giving them the most you can possibly give for their vision. Okay. And um, what are your next steps? Like, are you planning on furthering your education or switching fields? What do you what do you plan on doing? So I'm planning on becoming an optometrist, and I initially was taking this role of oh I'll become lab tech, and then I became lab manager, and I was I've been doing this for a while, and I was like oh becoming an optometrist would be great because I have the whole approach of how the lab works and some of how the sales floor works and. A lot of people that go out, like if my biology science degree, right when I get out, if I went to optometry school, 
they teach you all the things with optometry and a lot of people are like oh you want to go run your own private practice which is a, a huge push because a lot of places it's nice to they want a lot of optometrists and schools want you to say yeah we want you to start your own private practice you know we want you to influence the uh, area around you and be part of the community even though you can do that working under somebody and so I'd say as far as um, running my own private practice and knowing how everything works I have the a really good approach on yeah I did the lab uh, all of the lab side and how everything works with the glasses and the sales floor and a whole approach versus just, oh yeah, this is your prescription for your glasses. So I think that now going into optometry school is the a really the best step for me as far as helping the patient and knowing how to effectively run a private practice. Okay. Well, before, before we hit the uh, 15 minute mark, mm -hmm. what would you say are some of your hobbies and interests? Uh, hobbies and interests. I really enjoy hiking and like mostly anything with the outdoors. That's why I kind of want to go live over in Oregon or just move more northern Idaho where there is more hiking in general. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, yeah, if I want to go hiking, it's a uh, bogus basin area just up in that mountain range or going to Brundage and McCall. So, uh, yeah, hiking. I really like music, like playing guitar. And uh, just hanging out with friends and having a good time. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed. Oh, yeah, no problem. And thank you for the interview. <laughs> no problem. All right, we're signing off. I hope you guys enjoyed this.